everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest here today that I am so thrilled to have here. It's a little surreal and very exciting. I have Jenny Bigelow here today. And Jenny is a teacher in a Head Start program, Interlakes Community Action in Brookings, South Dakota. And Jenny and I used to be co-workers in that program where I taught for many years and then became the behavior specialist in that program before uh, leaving and creating my own programs where I support parents in understanding their children's behavior. And so welcome, Jenny. Hello. Uh, Jenny implements conscious discipline in her classroom and conscious discipline really is about seeing behaviors from another perspective. And not just seeing behaviors from another perspective, seeing, for me anyway, it was seeing myself from a different perspective and really seeing the world from a different perspective. So I think conscious discipline helps us see the world from a different lens. And uh, conscious discipline was created by Dr. Becky Bailey and If you've listened to other episodes, uh, you know that I talk about conscious discipline and and Dr. Bailey quite often. Uh, Dr. Bailey is one of my best friends, (laughs) kind of like Dr. Brene Brown and Dr. Shafali, you know, all of these, all of these thought leaders and scholars um, that are in my home and in my life every day. Um, You know, their work is in my home and in my life every day. Um, and so it seems like we're very close. Anyway, um, conscious discipline is a research-based model and it's grounded in neurology. And so I wanted to talk about, today I wanted to talk about how taking a more conscious approach in our education system, in our homes, and in our lives can impact not only ourselves and those closest to us, but really it impacts the world. Because um, I believe that, that that's how we create change. We create change through how we show up in our relationships. And I think it's you know one teacher at a time, one, one child at a time, one parent at a time. And it's just that ripple effect, you know, where somebody affects you and you go out and affect somebody else and they go out and affect somebody else. And, you know, that's, that's how we bring change. And, and I think, and I talked about this on an earlier episode, how 2020 
um, has been kind of a stripping away of some of those old uh, patterns and making way for new ideas and new ways. And so I thought it was a perfect time to have you on, Jenny, and get your perspective and your experience on implementing a more conscious approach in a classroom, something that's not, you know, ha hasn't really been our traditional way of doing things. So again, welcome, Jenny. And now we want to hear from you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Have you here? Um, yeah, Jenny and I were a great team. We, team. we were. <laughs> yeah. So, Jenny, tell us how how you were introduced to conscious discipline. So, I was introduced to conscious discipline through you, Diane. Um, I was in school. Um, I was going to school out at. at Southeast Technical Institute. Um, and so I, I needed to do an internship. And um, so Head Start was available to me. So that was back in 2014. And um, I was going to school for education. Um, and so I was doing my internship with you, Diane. And um, so I was able to see um, how you were able to teach conscious discipline in your classroom. Um, and it was the first time ever that I've actually worked with kids. And so, I mean, it was, it was a little nerve wracking going into a classroom um, because back then I was very afraid of conflict. Um, and so going into a classroom of three to five year olds, you're like, yes, um, they're, they're three to five, there's gonna be conflict there. And so it was a little bit um, hard to go into and know what to do. Um, at being able to watch you and how you did things. Um, it showed me, you know, a little, um, some of the techniques such as uh, breathing, um, the safe place, um, and some of the connection songs. But so that was kind of how it was introduced to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember you coming in as, as an intern and yeah, you said you were kind of afraid of conflict. Um, I think a lot of us are traditionally, I think that we are conditioned to avoid conflict, right? Yes. Avoid upset, yes. avoid, you know, having, expressing big feelings. I talk about this a lot. Um, and I think it's one of the uh, top issues really in our relationships, um, you know, avoiding how we feel and how we uh, tend to think we have to take care of each other's feelings. Like don't do something that upsets that person or don't do something that upsets, right. you know, because, you, you know, in many, you know, homes and, and classrooms, it's, you know, and I used to do this too, you know, look how you made her feel. And, you know, which puts somebody else in charge of, you know, their feelings. And, and the whole problem with that is nobody's taking responsibility for, you know, we're not taking responsibility for our own feelings. So can you talk a little bit to that um, being afraid of conflict and what changed for you? So I think a lot of it is, you know, learning through experience. And so, you know, being a new teacher, um, it was, 
I mean, you read about it in textbooks all the time. You know, when this happens, you have these choices. Um, and there's so many choices out there that you can do. And um, not being a part of a large group like that, um, it was hard for me because um, there's times, you know, when something were to happen between two kids, I would be taken back and I, you know, you kind of just shut down. Um, and so through conscious discipline, I mean, it really starts with yourself. And so that was a big thing for me is that it's not about, you know, how two other people are handling things. It's how you yourself handle the situation. And I think that was a huge thing for me is um, to realize my own feelings and things and you know to explain that to the kids and say you know what this is very frustrating for you and it's also a little bit frustrating for me so you know where can we go from there and make it more of like a problem solving kind of situation instead of you know reacting and having something even more of an upset happen so uh, so, so you kind of learn instead of stopping the upset stopping the feelings um you learn how to work through them right with with the kids that that's yeah that's totally um my experience too and i think um what you said about it starts with us the adult right. yeah and conscious discipline is an adult first child second model because we have to kind of learn all of the things that we didn't learn um, through our traditional practices growing up. Um, and traditionally, we're not taught how to manage our feelings, right? And I think what you were, you were saying too is there was some judgment there, a little fear of judgment. How do I handle this conflict between these two? And if I don't handle it right, I'm going to be judged as a teacher not being able to handle this. Is that, do what, did I hear yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that's exactly where I was going with that. You know, as a new teacher, you want to, you know, people think you're, you just came out of school, you know, how you should know how to do things. And then going into a classroom and you're like, okay, well, I haven't experienced this. And so it's definitely that judgment piece where you're going into a classroom, there's expectations um, that you think others have for you and one's for yourself. And you just want to, to do the best you can. Yeah, and even, even in your education, were, did you, were you taught these type of skills? I would say no. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say, you know, there's bits and pieces to things that, you know, we learn, but, Truly, I don't think we spend enough time in school to talk about feelings and, you know, in that aspect at all, because it is kind of like a hush hush, like you shouldn't feel certain ways or you should look down on yourself because you're feeling sad or angry and you're not, you know, you don't know how to handle yourself if you're feeling those ways. And so I think we need, as we go to school, teach, teach the students that, you know, Feelings are normal, you know, adults have them, kids have them, and to experience that ourselves. And then that way we can teach kids, you know, what we expect of them too. So I think that should be a big thing that educators, you know, for teachers, future teachers out there to learn is 
even just simple things like feelings. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because yeah, that was one thing that, you know, I didn't learn these things in college. Um, and, you know, because they're just, they're so ingrained that traditionally, you know, just avoiding feelings this isn't something we consciously do. But it's just an ingrained habit that we've been all programmed um, to do. And I think, you know, we're getting closer to that. Um, I know that, you know, we live in a university town and um, that university, South Dakota State University, shout out to them, um, has been involved with some funding um, to bring um, conscious discipline into the, the program that we're talking about and um, they've been involved. So, you know, I think we're getting, getting somewhat closer to having that be a reality and not that it's not every, you know, there, there probably are some um, places where, where they are doing um, those things. So um, I'm, I, I'm kind of talking more about in general that, you know, uh, make that more of the norm um, yes. and normalizing it, normalizing. Yes. Um, you know, looking at uh, what we bring to the relationship, not just, you know, we always think it's the other person is the problem, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So Jenny, after you came and you worked with me for a few years, you were actually hired um, in the program after your yes. internship as my assistant teacher and worked um, a couple of years together there. And then you uh, moved on to having your own classroom, um, being a teacher in your own classroom. And so talk about a little bit about why you continued to do um, conscious discipline in your classroom, because that wasn't something you had to do. Um, and, but it's something you did. And I'm interested in it because it's, again, it's not a traditional way of doing it. And sometimes it can be uncomfortable doing something against the norm. So can you talk about that? Yes. So after um, I was your assistant, I became a teacher in my own classroom. Um, and so after working with you, I saw um, how much more children and adults get out of using conscious discipline skills. Um, I saw more willingness and less power struggles. I saw more quality interactions between adults. Um, and I, I saw more love. You know, there are a lot of times when you get caught up in feelings and it, you know, interactions between parents and children or teachers and children, you don't feel that anymore. You know, it's just this or that. But through consciousness, discipline I think you you see more of that positive intent that positivity and you tend to have more of that love become in your relationships with each other and so that's a, one of the major reasons why I wanted to continue on with consciousness in the classroom because you see things in a different way you try to learn things about a child from their perspective and try to problem solve with each other and not just I'm the teacher you do as I say if you aren't if you aren't doing what I what I say then you're bad or if you do what I say then you're good so I like the fact that even though you make mistakes and things and that's what we teach children in conscious discipline is that even if you make mistakes that you are still going to be loved 
by the teacher, your parent, um, and that you just need to find a new way. And so I love that part of conscious discipline. Um, I know there's other ways to discipline, you know, like with the timeouts and spanking, um, but that's where you kind of lose a little bit of that love um, because, you know, kids don't want to be bad. You know, they, they want to be helpful. They want to do good. And so trying to solve problems through their perspective, it not only helps that willingness, but also it makes the child feel like, hey, you know, I am contributing to my choices. And so that is one huge reason why I wanted to continue that in my own classroom. And not only is it, is it hard work, because it definitely is a lot more hard work, but it's so much more rewarding, even if it's just little tiny things that you see in the classroom. And I do have to tell this story because it almost brings me to tears. I have this child in my classroom and you know he struggles every once, once in a while, but I was talking to a, the parent and she says, you guys must do a lot of breathing in your classroom because my child had saw another um, adult Dad, you know, they were crying, saw tears going down their face, and he went up to that adult and just stopped and started doing the balloon, which is a breathing technique. And, you know, as a four-year-old, you're thinking, oh my gosh, they could recognize that that person had a strong feeling and they knew how to empathize and try to cope with that. And they were teaching an, an adult how to do that. So those little stresses that make this all the more, you know, wild. Wow, that that is beautiful. That is just beautiful. Um, it's so funny how you said it almost brings you to tears when I was telling my husband, Doug, that um, I was interviewing you today. He says, I think there's going to be some tears. <laughs> you know, it is such a heartfelt experiences um, that we experience using this model. Um, and you say love. And I remember when um, people like from the administration started coming into the classroom, like, like education specialists or um, family service specialists or whoever, we're starting to show up when we were still working together, starting to show up in the classroom. And I'm like, you know, why are you here? And, and or how can I help you? Or what, you know, and, and they're like, oh, I'm just here to, you know, I was in town, so I was in nearby. So I just thought I'd, um, stop in and, and, and visit for a little bit. And what I found out later was that, you know, they were coming and going back to the administration saying, you need to go to that classroom. There's something different about it. It feels different. And that is, I think, is so impactful that it feels different. The whole culture becomes different. And I remember people saying, it just feels so like there's so much love and yep. it's like wow that that's you know that is so amazing and the empathy yeah that's you know one of the things that um was so impactful to me that rather than children continue you know always saying stop it stop it stop it we were starting to see children reach out and rub another person's back or you know hold their hand or you know mm -hmm show empathy towards them. And wow, what an impact that would make in the world, right? Yes. Um, and relationships, 
Yeah, that that it's a relate building those relationships. And so do you have conflict in your classroom? I do um, very much so. I mean, we don't, I mean, that's something that you can't avoid. It just happens. It is what it is. And so when those things can't, those things happen, you just take it as is is and you try to problem solve, not only with yourself, you know, keep breathing. This isn't the way you had planned it, but we got to keep going with it because if you don't, then I mean, what's what what good is going to come out of that? If you know, it's the reality, right? Right, it is what's happening. Yeah, and if we resist it, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say something to that. Now I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, conflict. Yeah, that I think a lot of times people think that it's this is how we're going to. It's the strategy, right? It's the strategy that's going to take that discomfort away. Um, because that's what we're really looking for um, as adults. You know, when we look just at that behavior and how can we get rid of that or how can we change it somehow, um, we're really looking for that relief of the discomfort that it brings with um, behavior. Because in our culture, we live in a culture where we have the belief that the adults make children behave. So if parents, you know, it's parents are expected to make their children behave. And in a classroom, the teachers are expected to control their classroom, which means control the kids. And, you know, we don't control other human beings. That's, that's the reality. And so when we believe that, I think we're very afraid of that judgment, that judgment piece that if I, if these kids are acting out, then somehow I'm inadequate. And I think that's so prevalent in, in schools and in, in our homes. Um, there's a lot of pressure on adults, uh, teachers and, and parents or whoever is, is working with children um, when behaviors come up. So that's kind of the shift, right? It's the mm -hmm. shift, not seeing behaviors as done on purpose or something bad that it just happens. And yeah, we're always gonna have conflict. And if we make all conflict go away or try to, how do we ever learn to deal with it? And, and like you said, there's always going to be conflict because, I mean, look at 2020. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, we were just like, oh my gosh, how are we going to deal with all this? Because um, we were not used to dealing with big conflicts or the discomfort. I mean, we had to really um, face some uncomfortable feelings. Um, so yeah, I think, I think a more conscious approach really opens us up to um, being able to uh, see it in different ways and right. see those behaviors as um, a time where somebody needs some guidance and the children see it that way too, right? Once the adults yes. see it that way, then the children start seeing it that way. And that's how we change the world, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so how have you handled that discomfort of not doing it traditionally? I mean, do you, do you, experience the discomfort that or even even maybe it's kind of being judged while you're doing that 
thing that, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes people think, you know, well, if we don't, aren't in control of children, then they're just doing whatever they want. Yes. So how do you handle that? So a lot of times I, what well, I don't know, maybe this is just my personal opinion, but yeah, you know, absolutely. some of the discomfort I feel sometimes is, you know, that judgment of, wow, you are letting those kids walk all over you. You're letting them make all these choices on their own. And that, and, you know, the first thought that comes into my head is, you know, they're really thinking that I'm just a pushover and, you know, I'm just letting them do what I want. And so I think in that aspect, I try to, you know, defend myself, you know, in ways, you know, um, like, you know, I'm really not trying to do that, which I never say that, but, you know, that's, that's how I feel like sometimes it comes across, but, you know, hopefully through modeling that and showing the children, I mean, showing how children react to how I'm reacting to them will show others that, oh, well, they're, you know, at the end of it all, what needs to be accomplished is getting accomplished. It's just done differently in a yeah. way that's more respectful to the kids. And I think that's what a lot of conscious discipline is. It's, it's actually treating each other with respect. Um, you know, yeah. with there's that whole child and adult. I mean, children should always listen to adults. And that's always just the way it has been. And so with this, you really do have to shift your mind and, you know, we're both in this together. We both want the same outcome. So how can we do this in a way that you feel comfortable in a way that I feel comfortable? And, you know, eventually you just, and I just do it, you know, regardless of whatever anybody else thinks, you know, if someone were to come in the classroom and think, oh my gosh, she's just letting the kids run around wild. They're going crazy, but inside, I think you just need to let that go and do what you truly believe is right. And this is something that I believe is right. That was so beautifully said, that the respect. Yes, I get a lot of questions on how do I teach my child respect? And it's really, they need to experience it, right? And we're not really aware of how we're really showing up with kids sometimes. Um, you know, if you, you, a lot of times we'll say things to kids that we would never say to our friend. Um, and so why are we saying them to our, our children? But, you know, it's not because no, anybody's doing anything wrong or bad. It's just, that's how we've been conditioned to do it. And so, and so we are here to let people know there is another way and um, yeah, how we can show up in our relationships um, in another way and spread love to the world, right? Transform fear-based practices into love-based practices. So thank you so much, Jenny, for coming today and spreading the word and spreading the love. And um, this was so much fun. Thank you again so much for having me. You are welcome. All right, everybody. That is all we have for you today. So thank you for being here. I'm so grateful um, for Jenny sharing her insights. And so thank you for being here, everyone. And we'll talk again soon.
Thank you for tuning in to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at diansorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the Beauty and Behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.